0: On. Here we go. Why is it not coming up? One second, y'all. One second, y'all. We about to get it rocking. Gotta get this off. I love the intro, man. I love it. Appreciate you, broski. I don't know why is it not coming back right now. Why is it not? How do we get this off? Here we go. Hey, Let's get it, I saw ya. guys. Yeah, guys, we're back, guys. Welcome to another episode yeah. of More Than a Title. I'm your host, as usual, with Jared Thomas, y'all. Sorry for the little technical difficulty. My computer's acting a little wacky right now, but I'm glad to be back, y'all. It's another episode. This is episode eight, season two, and this is a very, very special episode for me personally, guys, man. Special, special episode. So I got a special guest, man. This brother, man, this is my guy right here, man. So I met this brother through, through a, a job opportunity, man. I was at an agency and it really was the beginning of the personal branding journey and you know we started the journey together we became close friends we're, we're, we're family now man and to have more on the podcast right now man is an honor it's a pleasure bro so i just want to introduce man. you guys to my brother lee gall man what's going on babe
1: hey jt man your intro is just uh incredible man and it uh it absolutely was a game changer when uh, i first saw your name come across the agency and everyone was passing down your resume and we're all excited. And then when I finally got to talk to you, I was like, I have to work with this guy. I have to work. with." So the agency, everyone had a part in interviewing. So, you know, everyone interviewed, everybody in there. I mean, it wasn't big, but we all took our chance. And and when I interviewed with you, I was like, okay, all right, we, we got to see everything we can do to make sure that this is the person that I work with. So, um, during that process, I remember everyone was in agreement. We all loved you, but it was the presentation stage. It was like the final decision. And uh yeah. so we brought you into a big boardroom and you did a presentation. And during that presentation, you're like, What I really want to do is build my personal brand. I want to start on LinkedIn and I just want to build that up. And and you know, I, I don't know how you know, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I just feel like this is my purpose. I just want to do that, and I think I could do that here. And to hear you say that and then to be where we are now is getting to watch a whole journey. Like, I'm lucky. Nobody else has been able to see your journey from the perspective that I've been able to see it. First is like a a person that was there in the beginning to being able to watch it from the outside and, you know, all the amazing guests and everything that you bring on and and the conversations that you have and the information and knowledge you get out of people and inspiration that you give and then to kind of. Bring it full circle to be here with you man it's it's yeah. incredible it's amazing Real so time. it's yeah, a it's pleasure great. to be here
0: uh you know i've got nothing but but love for you bro i remember that i remember that presentation i remember for all the guests listening it was one it was one night so after we had the presentation i accepted the offer we go to a team dinner i'm not even with the team yet so we go to a dinner meet everybody everybody's having fun there's a great time after the after the dinner me and lee we, we catch up so we go to the car And we just end up hanging out for hours, just talking about a lot, talking about like just what we want to do for ourselves, our kids, man. What was our future vision? And then ultimately, how can we win in this organization? Right. We're in a small agency. We're trying to get enterprise accounts. And we're like, man, there's got to be a better way to do sales than just sending out these, these emails and stuff. It's got to be something more than that we're like, we're more than a title. We're more than that. Like we're more, but more yeah. than female, man, and, we, and with our personality, if you guys have met us together, especially in a conference or anything like that, we yeah. just magnetic the two of us together. So yeah. once we started, yeah. day one, it was just crazy. Like, I just remember every morning, bro, going downstairs, meeting for the coffee. What's up, bro? What are we yeah. doing? And then no rhyme or reason. We would just pull out the phone and just start recording, bro.
1: Yep. Yep. I, it's, yeah, it's so funny, too, because I, I had always sort of wanted to do it. But I'd never really articulated it or made it such a priority for real. It was always just something I kind of wanted to do. And when you came along and we got to like you know work together every day and build off each other's energy, because that's all it is. Like when, I think when we're together, your energy hypes my energy, hypes your energy, hypes mine. It's yeah. just like it's this amazing kind of thing that happens. But um, we were talking about doing it, and we were like going to do it. And it's just the one day pulling out the phone and going, "It's us record it. And you talk a lot about just doing it, just doing it, and making the content. And that was—it's it, funny because there was that moment before, and the moment after. The moment after we decided to just take the phone out and record and post it, like that—that that was different. You can't—you can't unmake the omelet at that point. It's already made. Like it's, it was there. You know, so, yeah, it yeah.
0: There, man, it was—it was, was just—it was just a different vibe, man. Like I said, and just—I I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Like you gave me that confidence because I. It sounded good in theory. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Good. Like, yeah, bro, we're gonna fucking we're gonna kill it. We're gonna go on LinkedIn. People are gonna love us. Yeah. And then we're gonna be like, right. Yeah, yeah. We're shit ton of sales and all this other stuff, bro. Until it actually started to happen. Until even yeah. e- before the sales stuff, it was just seeing the reaction of us. I remember like yeah. the Valentine's Day video, the Kobe Bryant video, like all, yeah. all of those yeah. like real good videos, bro, that were getting 50, 60 likes and Thousands of impressions, mm-hmm. bro. And then we caught the LinkedIn bug. And I talk about this a lot, yeah. guys. You guys ever saw my presentation? But this is why I say just step out there and do it. Because once you step out there and get it and you see a thousand views, and if you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're on all the other places, you're not getting that. Yeah. You're not yeah. getting it. And yeah. like, damn, that's where I really want it. And you like, <laughs> right.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Getting in here on LinkedIn. Yeah. And then, bro, I remember I remember us going to get lunch, bro, and people actually recognizing us.
1: Yeah, I remember that. that, that was so weird. Like it didn't, that didn't seem possible off of just what you and I were doing. But I remember having somebody be like, it's, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity right now. And I was like, stop, well, hold on a second. Of all right. the things that I've done, you know, I was a, I, like, I'm a musician and I did that professionally for years. And like, I'd never had somebody actually do that, that like, whoa, it's you from from this thing that I know. You know. I'd never had it happen before, like Same to that way. degree. Yeah, and it's it, it's really weird um, and incredible. You know, I, I think what what sort of seemed to me to be what was happening is you had um, understood in the moment that LinkedIn was this great greenfield opportunity, and that you know it's still part of your core message. You know, there's such a small amount of people that actually make content on here. Um, but you seem to kind of understand that as a grounding founding kind of principle on on your approach to it and when we first started in the beginning it, it really was like there really wasn't two people like you and i doing what was being done on linkedin i mean which seems kind of silly it's like you know you got a black guy you got a white guy they work in business like that's got to happen all the time And there's got you know but when we came together and recorded videos you know it, it was just like two people who we're really developing a conversation in the moment, really organically, coming up with points and coming up with, you know, being able to tie it together and, and put a sort of button on it, have a message. You know, it, it just sort of happened naturally. And, th- and that's why I think I respond to how you've always been about you know, keeping it real on, on social media as well as in real life. Like I remember the first night that, that you're talking about after the dinner that we, yeah. we sat and we talked, you know, I was talking about real ones that I knew in the business and the people, you know, in our circle that we were going to be looking into and, and kind of just using that as that um, kind of, uh, you know, KPI. <laughs> but, but it's around people. Who's the real one? Who's the authentic one? and um and and testing the premise that um real ones you know and authentic people um work well together and and push each other forward and don't hold each other back right yeah. um, and i think that that is i think that's true i think we've proven that that's true
0: yeah, yeah that's for sure bro and i'm going to keep it real with you bro i didn't know linkedin was going to be the gold i didn't know it was all yeah, it was all instinct and it was all because dude was on twitter yeah so i'm yeah. like all right if you're on twitter like this is where our customers would be and if you see me active over here then that might make some sense if i'm like i'm on instagram all day you're like hey you're fired Get the hell out of here yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i damn sure didn't know the organic visibility i had a hunch because we all go on linkedin you don't really see content you see the same people you don't really see people posting like some boring stuff and i'm like if we could just do something different that captures people's attention they're going to figure out who we are what we are they're going to want to hang out they're going to want to go get the beer they're going to want to have a conversation with us and then as sales folks Mm -hmm. your leverage increases dramatically when they come to you so why am i trying to convince you for a sale when i can sell you do content, and by the time you get on yeah. the phone with me, we're just you know we're just shooting the shit for fifteen minutes, and then you you already gave me the problem in the email. All I gotta do is yeah. show you a couple of slides and what our plan is gonna be, and you know what our strategy is, and then it's you sign on the dotted line. So we basically changed the way we were doing sales. We changed the sales cycle, bro. By the time we left, yeah. by the time I left, bro. It was Rainable was one of the biggest traffic drivers, and it was you know yeah. we were doing stuff, bro. You know me, I was I was anti-email. I tell everybody I, I was anti-email at that time. So I was like, mm-hmm. I just wasn't going to do it. We had SDRs yeah. and stuff like that doing emails for us, but I just wasn't going to do it. I just think yeah, without good messaging and without the resources and the data to be like, hey, have a concise message. Just like, hey, I've read your 10K report. This is what you guys are doing. This is your mission for 2023. This is how we can help mm-hmm. you. And we don't have that type of material. I'm just shooting in the dark and just hoping somebody bites. And I hate that shit, which mm-hmm. could also impact your brand negatively. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean, I tell yeah. people, bro like i don't think about the three meetings i got out of a thousand emails i think about the 997 people who think i'm an asshole because <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. that's our brand and that's what really matters at the end of the day bro so how can we flip that on our head and we and we we did it bro we did it man but even before we even go into that and like the results and stuff like that bro how did you get into sales like tell, tell the audience that man like how did you get into sales your background stuff like that
1: yeah yeah um this is this is kind of an interesting, I guess, background story. Um, and I usually tell it a couple of different ways. Um, the first way is I, people will say, you know, uh, oh, what, you know, what do your parents do? And, you know, I tell people that my my father's a minister. And uh-huh. they'll go, oh, gosh, you really, did, you know, you took a total different path than him. And I I'd go like, well, did I? I mean, my dad's in sales, right? He's, he, he is ultimately a fisher of men, right? And and so in that sense, it's not that different. Um, but when I started sales, uh, me and some friends moved down to Austin a summer uh, between uh, junior and senior year, and uh, we wanted to play music down there. And uh, so uh, we were able to find an apartment. Um, one of my the friends that I was there it was four of us when he was 18. So he was able to get us an apartment and we all kind of just started looking for work. And yeah. I found a card in the apartment that I was, that we moved into, um, go apply, making cold calls, um, down the street. So mm-hmm. I went to this building and it was basically calling, um, for the fraternal order police, which is like a fundraising arm of the police where you sell people, a sticker it's like a badge a silver uh mm. bronze or a gold uh sticker and they're different like memberships and um they coached you to speak in different accents based on the territory you were calling and so that seemed like really fun to me calling like oklahoma versus texas and putting on a different kind of accent right um yeah. and so i did that for the summer that i was down there and so that's technically the first time uh i've ever did sales and it was my first job that wasn't like in a restaurant right um and then fast forward I I ended up working with a friend of mine when I lived in Canada in Toronto we commute out on the train out out of Toronto a little town called Oshawa it's like a a automotive town and uh, I worked there cold calling uh, and selling basically a product that was free like I was selling this um, uh, energy audit so basically the company I worked for was Sapphire Blue Paint. And what we did was we went to all our commercial customers and um, we would do an audit for free, see what their lighting was, and then we'd replace up to $1,000 worth of their lighting with energy efficient lighting. And so it was one of the most challenging sales I've ever had because I, was, I wasn't selling anything. I was giving away something for free. And so if you wanna see skeptics, you don't know skeptics okay everyone's sales is like oh yeah you know no i get pushback you don't get pushback i'm giving away something for free you should see the pushback that people were were giving me people would hang up they'd threaten me just be like how dare you try and scam me and i would have to try and you know pivot and justify it but i would be very persistent And, and i realized like what i what i realized in that moment was gosh okay um i'm selling something that i believe in and not only do I believe in what the product does, which is, you know, it lowers energy consumption, right? It's like a positive for the world, but also affects positively the person that I'm talking to and trying to, to get to be a part of this program. My, my customer, essentially,
0: Yeah, uh,
1: it benefited them, right? It benefited everyone. And so that made me really mission driven to go, you know, essentially what I needed to do was, it was very easy. Who's the owner? Or the manager i get them on the phone i explain that you know i work on behalf of the the province this is a program that will change out your lights thousand dollars worth to energy efficient it's free you'll save money um it's good for the environment you know that was my pitch and it was you know once i could get through somebody they'd go okay <laughs> we'll send them by and they would send somebody by but i had times where somebody would call and say no we don't want me and i, and I could tell it wasn't the owner of the business And I would call back, I called this law office once and this secretary was doing an amazing job at being a gatekeeper and protecting the time of her boss. I did not, I do not fault her one bit, but when I called, she kept hanging up on me and I kept calling back because I can't take a no from somebody who doesn't have the authority to say no. That's a big thing I also learned in in sales is a lot of people have uh, the authority to say no, but they don't have the authority to say yes. So you know, learning who the authority, uh, who's who can say yes, that was really important. So I finally called in, and the owner, the lawyer, the the lawyer, the firm answered. He's like, "Listen, what are you doing? You keep calling. You know, stop wrestling. You know." He said, "We don't want it." I was like, "Well, I'm part of a program that is offering free energy efficient lighting. It's on behalf of the province, and it's just I need to speak to the owner because it's it's up to you to say yes to it or to say no to it." And he was like oh, i think okay so in the front we have probably four and i was like all right that's he just started like being, okay i got lights here i got lights in the office and he started explaining to me where the lights were and i'm like i'll send somebody out and he switched to the over the lighting right but i had to be persistent in a way that um was really mission driven and and that was a big thing to learn for me uh, as a part of that so i learned a ton from that but i didn't go away from that feeling like i was a salesperson. I, you know, and even when I did, um, when I was my teens, I didn't feel like I was really being a salesperson. I didn't really think about it. Um,
0: yeah, only, it wasn't until like a salesperson if it feels like the swindle or you don't believe in the product.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, that's it, right? And and um, I don't know the the working for the Fraternal Order of Police. I definitely didn't feel good about it. Um, but being able to give people free, energy efficient, you know lighting and appliances or whatever, um, that makes a difference. So I was I was like, Okay, I'm, I'm like providing a service here. Um, yeah. And it was good. It was good. Um, but I didn't I didn't really get into sales um, until I worked at a startup. Uh, and a friend of mine just had posted on Facebook of all places. Um, you know, hey, does anybody any friends have any cold calling experience? I work at this startup and we're looking for somebody. And I, I kind of knew him and I, I messaged him and he's like, "Oh yeah, come on in." And I, you know, I got yeah. the job, and that's when I was, I really, I was an SDR, and I was prospecting, and uh, it was at a company called Lookbook HQ. They're now, they're now Path Factory. Uh, yeah. They're an amazing, sort of content, um, you know, uh, content engagement platform, and uh, you know, super smart leaders there, and you know, the founders, Nick and Mark, um, Nick Edward and Marco Powski are fantastic, so smart. And uh, that's when I, I got a real sense of what sales means to an organization, sort of top down, right? Where where the sales function fits into the greater success of the company. Because when you're in a small startup and then you start to see it grow, you can see the fruits of the labor and you can see the org chart because it's not yes. that big of an org chart, right? And, and that's what kind of got me excited about the path of sales is, was really like that formalized experience. Where I, you know, I thought to myself, I can do, I can do this, and now I know why I do it and what it means for the for the greater sort of success of the company. Yeah. Um, but it was always a conversation there. It was always a conversation between everyone. It was always a free uh, flow and exchange of ideas. It was something that you know. Um, I think I've still always kind of chased that um, that first great startup experience that, that really kind of made an impression on me and in some sense sort of ruined me for other companies. Cause it, it was really that opportunity to be around super smart, super open, very, you know, um, forward thinking, you know, this, the, when they hired the sales team, they hired it correctly. They had the scale yeah. to be able to implement new, new sales. They didn't just hire salespeople as throwing money at a problem. You know, they didn't have this delusion that uh, founders have where oh, I sold. I I got the company, you know, the seed round funding. It's like, well, that's a founder. Everyone knows they're dealing with the founder when, when they do that. They invest in you. It, you didn't do it because you have this incredible sales acumen. You did it despite your lack of sales acumen. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, yeah. So he didn't that company. Those guys, they didn't do that. They. They built it out really well they they built out marketing all at the same time and and you know it was a really well thought out uh, execution on things and, and it made a big impact on kind of you know what i view as uh um, the, the right kind of organization to work with so yeah, yeah. so yeah hey path factory um shout, shout out to, to, you factory, yeah. you know,
0: shout to y'all man but uh um, you, you named a lot of you said a lot of good things and I was thinking about like there's so many different ways we can unpack that, bro. Cause I kind of do want to talk about sales, because like I kind of got the same shake as you, bro. Like the same I got in through the back door, you already know, bro. Like I was going for a hospital call center job, and the next thing you know, I'm at a place called intent, and I'm selling digital ad spaces, right? And how I ended <laughs> up getting lit in there was everybody was going after the big deals, like the five thousand, ten thousand dollar deal at the time. And so for anybody listening, basically, if you were a children's birthday planner we'd put you on nick jr if you was a home theater person we put you on hgtv.com so anything that was related to your business we would put you next to relevant content on top tier websites so that's what i was calling people cold calling and and doing it but it was hard to get after the coca colas and all that other stuff so what i did bro i went after every home theater installation person in the u.s so that's Mm -hmm. when yelp was first started and they just started putting their listings up most home theater guys guess what Entrepreneurs, solopreneurs—you don't have to get through Sally. I don't have to go through all of those people. Yeah. And if I get the problem, and I spoke to enough of them, with all well, their problems, yeah. the same—they were looking at yeah. meetings. They were looking to get more leads. They were looking to, to drive down their marketing costs. They just want to go and do the job. They don't have time to think about all this other shit. So I was yeah. like, all right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, John. So what if I do this? I called every single one, bro. Instead of me getting the five thousand dollar deal, I would get ten five hundred deals. Yeah. 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 Weeks, you know what I mean? And then and I ended going from there, bro, then just going and going. But it, a lot yeah. of shit that I learned in sales, and I'm glad we went through that, bro. But like the numbers game, all of that stuff is bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I think all, and, and I'm saying that respectfully to all the salespeople, like, you know, like a lot of the training courses, the sales, like those are good things, B, but I think psychology is the best thing that you should be thinking about when it comes to sales. And if you're doing sales right and you're really passionate about what you're doing, all it is is speaking to the problem and the bigger problem and you attaching yourself to whatever problem you think is the priority for that organization. And then you're yeah. telling a story. You're going high when you're talking about this. You're going low when you're talking pricing. You're doing those things. And it's really your show. It's, it's this, bro. It's a podcast. It's a show. Yeah, That's all it is of yeah. a show. But if you're being honest with people, bro, and if you know your industry well, and if you come with a different angle, that's all that sales is, man. But like, I feel like we overcomplicate the shit, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in Especially in tech, it shouldn't be five five meetings for you to get a price. It shouldn't be you know you got to go in there, uh, you got to go request a demo, then you speak to 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 Jared, the SDR, then you get lead a sales yeah. guy, and then oh we're about to close. So he brought in his boss, the big guns, and then- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like so stupid, bro. Like it, it's yeah, man.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's funny. I um, I I feel like it reminds me a lot of this thing that that just happened i went to a uh a live event you know like an in-person expo uh and somebody you know i met there was like hey you know like what do what you so what are you planning to do here you know like just you want to i'm trying to meet as many people as i can and i, I was like yeah i said honestly i want to step away from an event like this with one really important contact that's all i can really ever ask for I'll meet a bunch of people, and that's great. And I and meeting people in person, I think, is actually um, yeah, such an important component to building your personal brand and building out a network. You have to have some face-to-face time with some of those people. Yeah. Um, but but you know, the idea that I I'd go to an event like that and I would make relevant and meaningful connections with twenty top executives, I mean. I could say that I've done that and I could do all the things on paper look like I did that. But am I really going to connect with somebody to a point where I feel like they understand me and I and they feel like I understand them? And that that means not only just respecting each other as human beings, but really wanting to work with each other if there is a need to, if an opportunity rises. You know, yeah. I think those are those are actual things that happen in, in the real world, not like, you know, all right, SDRs, I want to send you out to a, you know, an event where it's going to be all these top executives and they're going to be there for thought leadership and you're going to be there trying to sell to them and they're going to avoid
0: you. All right. And go bring me back 50 great leads they're like. Yeah, bro. You know? But do but you think about our experience when we went to uh, what was the search when we went to the Javits? The S.M.S. What was that event? It was search SMX, SMX bro. So yeah. for those listening, this was the first event we went to. It was like maybe a month or two in and we go to search, um, the search marketing expo it's in the Javis center. But we yeah. end up, we end up tearing the room up. <laughs> Me <laughs> and Lee yeah. we went down there and tore the room up, man. We worked the room so crazy because we just, and and that's what made it possible that's what helped the brand it wasn't us trying to look for contacts it was us just being regular people having fun yeah. in our industry and just talking shop and not selling you shit. it was just like right, i'm not gonna sell you but this is what we do oh that's what you do cool but um are we getting beers for lunch like what's up afterwards you going to the after party like like what are yeah. we doing and then before you know it we're out there at two three in the morning Hanging out with with other professionals, right, and still have yeah. those relationships to this day. So that's that's yeah. how you network. You don't go in there and just pass <laughs> this card and all that. Because yeah. everybody's doing that. How do you really yeah. differentiate yourself? And it's by being a person. Like, and I'll even give another tip. I was at an event maybe a couple months ago, working for Hootsuite. So mm-hmm. I go in there, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna keep it all the way, bro. I'm gonna t- I'll tell you the story. I, you know me, I'm thinking about, you know, the you shining up the brown shoes, the cognacs. You don't go to the mm-hmm. game. I'm going to go get spiffy. And then I also had yeah. this fresh outfit. I had the polo with the Jordans. <laughs> I mm-hmm. had that right side yeah. by side. Yep. No, what I was struggling with, bro, is like, all right, if I have certain amount of impressions and I have all these relationships, right, what if I go there and I know people from the industry? These are social media people. These are a lot of people I'm connected with. Yeah. They see me in some brown shoes and the shirt. That's like, that's not true to me. Right, mm-hmm. I can't be talking all this authentic shit, and I'm over there doing that. And then yeah. when I did, bro, I was I ain't gonna I was nervous as hell. Threw the Jordans on, all that stuff. Got in there, mm-hmm. nobody even noticed. Hey, hey, what's up? Good morning. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, yeah. So shout out yeah. to the team. I didn't feel no sort of way, and it was love. But I got mm-hmm. more conversation started off of my Jordans than some of the than some of the conversations about the brand.
1: Were they the twelves that you had, or which are...
0: the elevens, the, the the Pat Leathers? Elevens, elevens, yeah, 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 elevens, yeah, yeah. got yeah, yeah. yeah. the first day, though, bro, when we linked up, when we had the, we went to that party, bro. by the second day was sneakers wars. People were coming in the second day. It was like, yo, I got the the Travis Scotts Western name's on. I got yeah, the yeah. I got this on. And yeah, man, bro. You, I saw you yesterday, man. I'm like, man, my feet hurt, man. I'm going in here with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that. And then I got, had so many people come up to me and tell me that, bro. At least over 15 yeah. people in numbers and contacts. We're sharing stories. And, and that's love. So, guys, that's how you do it. It's not about what they've told you in the past. When You, you want to work the room, stand out. So if I'm in a room of 100 people and everybody's suited and booted, and I come in there with Jared Thomas, the hat, and the Jordans, I'm going to stand out. And guess what? That's what I want. And then when I open yeah. my mouth, I'm going to stand out even more. So, like, yeah. think about ways. And it's on digital and it's in person. Just be yourself. Try to figure out ways that you could differentiate yourself and just just yeah. be a person. People don't want to get sold to, man. There's so much shit going on in yeah. the world that I don't want to sit there and be like, all right, man. Sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah. less is more. Just, you know, like, hey, this yeah. is what I want to do. And this, I'm trying to make it. First of all, it's like a date. Yeah. It's a date. Yeah, this is a date. Yeah. It's a date. You're not going to try to hit the home run on the first, you know, on the first right. conversation. Maybe hey, no, 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 let's go back to the spot. Right. It's not going to happen. Well, that's
1: what I mean. Like, you know, for for me, that's that's why when I approach a live event, I tell myself that that look, all your goal can be is to try and have a real relationship with somebody, try to build real relationships, and that way you don't go into any of those conversations going like. Like if you said okay, all I want is five good relationships, then you're like, all right, this is good, probably you number know, two. Good, you know, like I'll be real with them. You know, you can't, you can't put a number on it. So I just go like, all right, I just want to be real. I want to come away with a with the type of connection where I feel like I can actually reach out to somebody, not just like, hey, this seem kind of interested when I pitched them there. You know, when I caught them trying to get a drink at the bar, like, no, you know, is there somebody there that? That I made a good connection with, and I, I find that when I approach it that way, I make a bunch. And, but also though, when you talk about our experiences together, you know, you and I have great ability to sort of, you know, neither one gets in the way of the other. We have, we kind of have unique enough uh, personalities that they 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 don't ever collide. But we're great together as a as a you know as a team. And so we would build these relationships with people at these conferences. It felt like, you know, um, this kind of immovable force. We would just kind of go and be like, you know, we we genuinely enjoy being around you. And, you know, you're gonna genuinely enjoy being around us too. And let's, you know, let's talk intelligently about what we do, but let's also be funny and real and and you know, all of those different things, you know, and, and uh so that's that's that kind of thing you can't really teach. It's that thing
0: that we kind of, okay. you know, that we're able super, to. Appreciate yeah, you can't, you, bro, that was super. But the thing about us is we knew when each other was like, when you was going off, bro, you're talking to three, four people and I'm in it, the, and then you're just talking that shit. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go in there like, hey, what about this? And, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. Each other rock out, man. But at the end of the day, we didn't go in there with ulterior Motives. We knew that we were the guys to be, that you would want to be around with because we're going to be having fun. We're going to talk our shit. We're going to, we know our space. And that's what it really is, bro. But I know I was going to say, because we're on the up to the 30 minute, bro. I do want to talk about the recruiting aspect. Right. So for those listening, you know, me and Lee, we're both starting our own businesses. We're both doing our consulting, but we're still in the market. We're looking for opportunities and things like that. But there's, you know, if you're not familiar with the tech sector, there's so many layoffs happening across Verticals, man, especially in the tech. It's just, man, if you're in SaaS right now, you're getting pummeled. I forgot what other company. I think Stripe just laid off another thousand people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I heard be laid off another five percent of people. It was, just, it's just going. Twitter's crazy. about to be 50. Twitter's Twitter, gonna be 50 percent. Global org, yeah. Three thousand, three
1: thousand eight hundred people.
0: So just think, just think about that in tech, guys. Just 3,000 people yeah. just from Twitter alone. Yeah. And if you have that name, that's like having a blue check in this industry. So if you're just a regular person who doesn't have that background or doesn't have that, you know, you worked at Google, Amazon or LinkedIn or the big names, it's going to get really effing tough for everybody out there in the next couple of months, especially with the recession, bro. So I'm curious, bro, if you could go through what you've been going through, like what are some of the things that you've seen that have been going well? And just what are some Mm -hmm. of the things that we could just keep it real and call out like what is going on, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, so one thing I would say that I think has been pretty good is since the pandemic, the mind frame shifted around, um, I'll call it side hustles, but really, um, you know, using your own personal time to uh, create content, uh, to get paid as a creator, you know, that that type of mindset has only uh sort of been bolstered during the pandemic because people have had to compensate um against being out with with being effective somewhere else and so you know uh, the more engaging you can make your content the better you're going to stand out when everyone is just on a screen that can be turned off right so um i think the the uh the mindset that you can make money, uh, as, as an independent sort of contractor, uh, and as a, a freelancer and as a consultant, um, that's a, it's a great time for that. And I don't think there's any lack of opportunities there. Um, but from a, from a, you know, a regular 401k type of opportunity, um, you know, I think we were discussing before in the, in the, uh, backstage that, you know it has changed uh especially in the past couple weeks month you're starting to uh starting to see less and less uh really qualified opportunities people are not hiring in the numbers that they were a month two months three months ago even uh, just looking at the jobs numbers and stuff like uh it's starting to decline so it's not a great time for people to be looking and i think in my experience I've kind of drawn the line. Um, I I think if a hiring manager ghosts you, then that's a red flag. And that's a good sign. You like gotta, you know, stay away from that person or any company that would be paying them, um, to ghost people. Right. Um, but recruiters ghosting you, that's even worse. That's your whole job is to stay engaged with somebody, you know, if, I, if i'm you know trying to book an interview with someone um at a company and you know they're a high level executive and they've had to push it a couple of times like that's annoying but i get it you know if i'm speaking to somebody with a fair amount of you know influence or uh, kind of position in an organization I, i'll give them that kind of you know especially if it's like we're sorry we, we keep doing this but thank you for your patience like that's okay that's okay no recruiter goes to you that recruiter they need to be blocked they need to be you know everything I hate to be hard on a fellow salesperson because that's they all, all they are is salespeople but like you know ghost people man it is it is such an important thing for somebody that that you are dealing with an upfront reliable consistent transparent recruiter who's gonna you know w- look out for you that's why I've, I've I've stuck with a few um in my career um, that I know will always reach out to me with an opportunity that they think is a good one, um, and they'll be right, and uh, and and they'll be consistent, and they they got they took the time to know me and know my career. Those are great, um, but there's a lot of mediocre um, recruiters out there, unfortunately. Um, you know, and I don't want to paint the whole with the same brush because it's you know it's a tough job. I understand that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But, you know, getting ghosted by a by a recruiter who reached out for you, uh, reached out to you about a job that wasn't even a good fit based
0: on your experience uh, at all. You know, and then you ghost. It's like, see that that that's cool. that's one of my many issues with recruiting, bro. One is, OK, look, so you hit me with a generic message, right? I'm cool with that. But if sales, if you go on LinkedIn, it's plastered over where you see executives, you'll see VPs of marketing, whoever the buyers are, are talking about how the messaging is so bad across sales. Right. And then recruiting doesn't even get talked about. Right. Because it's the same message. You go, hey, I saw your background. It was impressive, Jared. And, da, 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 da. Yeah. and then you get on the phone call and then you're basically just listing out everything that's on your resume and everything yeah. that's on my LinkedIn. So for somebody like myself, bro. When I get there and I'm like, all right, you go to my page. I'm talking to this one. I've got a bunch of interviews. i got a bunch of content, a bunch of views. And in some of these companies, i got more views than the actual brand. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I'm talking to a 27-year-old something that doesn't even understand what I do. Then if I'm talking to a recruiter, I have to pitch you my story, and then you're not t- listening to it verbatim. You're going to write down your notes. You're going to want to obviously get me through because you make money on it. And then yeah. you pass it along and I got to do the same song of dance over again. And it's the same over and over and over. And I just hate that shit, bro. Like I hate the fact of people ghosting because these are people livelihoods, especially in a time like right now. Mm-hmm. These are people livelihoods. And you're not reaching out to people or i have had times where I've spoken personally to CEOs. Mm-hmm. It's like, like what, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Which is Which I'm mm-hmm. appreciative of the opportunity, but I hate wasting time. I hate wasting time and I just hate like even a little shit too, bro. Like when you go on an application, you ever notice, why do they ask you if you're Hispanic before any other race? You ever notice that shit? <laughs> no, I've don't i never went through, why are we asking that? Like why are we asking, our, like I get it for data statistics and all that other shit but yeah. you don't need to know that. I've never put in, I'm a black man on a application and felt like I was going to get the job.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's it. So it's little stuff like that, man, about our industry. But we talk all this diversity and this inclusion stuff, and then it's terrible, man. And then the same thing yeah. for these layoffs, which I challenge the companies, right? So you're making all these layoffs, but out of all these layoffs, how was diversity taken into account? Did you mm-hmm. lay off 20% white people, 20% black people, 20% Hispanics, 20% mm-hmm. other race, whatever it is? Did you do that? Because I don't mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So much. Yeah. Better. Up. And i don't know
1: i don't know the answer i i think um you know it seems like there's good intentions behind it but you know at the end of the day you have to think you know i i have as many times i have said i decline to answer on a lot of these things um and and i don't know if are they allowed to weigh the ones that decline to answer differently than the ones that do answer That's are they able to take any of it into account at all like What's you know? I, I just don't understand that part of the industry. I'm sure it's pretty you know. I'm it's sure you're
0: fugazi. able to to you know. <laughs> What's that? It's fugazi, fugazi. Like all yeah, this. Yeah, shit, yeah. Oh shit, that's what I don't like. And that's yeah. I'd be like I'd be wanting to call all this stuff out, but I feel like nobody's asking the why. Nobody's asking why do we do it this way? Is there a better way to do it? This is just how we've historically done and keep going. But it's so much mm-hmm. BS in it. And I'm gonna be honest on another th- on another front, bro. Like obviously, you you're my bro, and I gotta tell you this, but like. For me personally, out of all the people I've spoken I've supposed to spoken to, 50 companies since I got laid off at HootSuite, bro. I might have talked to one recruiter that was African American. Oh, really? One. Hmm. One. And that was a brother who passed me off to the CEO. So <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? So but most of the time, I'm talking to, you know, young people, probably younger than both of us, bro. They're in a job, they don't have the sales background and acumen that you and I have. They don't have the sales revenue and all these like all all of the things that we've overcome in our career. Like, why am I ask? Why are you asking me? And it's so no, like, you know what I mean? It's like so tailored. So what what was your revenue? And with the last job, what companies did you close? So uh, how how close to quota were you? It's all bullshit. I could tell you anything. Yeah, 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 well, that's it. Right. I had a thousand percent quota. Oh, really? That's amazing. And and sometimes I do. And then it's still.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: You get it right. Mean,
1: well, that's it, right? There's, there's.
0: Keep it real. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because, like, I, I have this uh, trick <laughs> where, um, you know, I, I think resumes don't tell you very much. You know, right. they tell you how much time somebody wanted to spend on their resume. Um, but what I've done um, in the past is taken a Google search trip uh around what the top keywords are for the position i'm looking for Mm -hmm. and i find those keywords and i copy them and i paste them into the bottom of my resume and i turn the font color white and then i turn it into a pdf so that if there's some machine out there that's looking for a keyword around you know resumes that it's gonna say oh you know that's a good one that one doesn't say anything that we want to hear so it's about it's all in there You know, and it's old school, like black hat SEO keyword stuffing thing. Um, But I'm just trying to do everything that I can to differentiate. You know, I'm trying to do everything that I can to to get up on a system. You know, like when I, um, if I'm speaking to someone and it's an important call, you know, I'll go onto their LinkedIn and I'll look at any recommendations that they've given. And if they've given a lot, then I'll take those recommendations, I'll copy them into a document, and then I'll paste them. Into a word cloud generator, so I can see what things do they keep saying over and over. You know, um, innovative. Um, you know, uh, hardworking. Um, you know, loyal. Whatever kind of words are the biggest in that cloud, I'm going to go. All right, this is when somebody's asked to compliment somebody. What virtues are they pulling out? And and I'm going to try and find those, and so I can understand. Look, this person is really about you know organization this person is about you know humanity this person is about you know like uh, efficiency right and you can pull those things out but you got to do something you know you got and you got to do you got to cover your bases and you got to do your research And everything is sales and, and finding a job is sales that's why i don't like prospects that waste my time or go to me uh in a when I'm trying to find a job or when i'm trying to you know um help a customer buy for me yeah. It's the, there's no difference. No, I have the same expectations uh whenever I approach all of it. I know you do too. That's the thing about it. It's like
0: you, you know the deal, bro. I am just at a point where I'm gonna be honest, bro. Like I, I just refuse to kiss ass at this mm-hmm. point. I feel like I feel like the and it's just everybody's going through a lot of people are going through it, but I'll also look at it and be like, damn, you got one. you what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna keep it out, I'm gonna yeah. keep it real, bro. But I refuse to kiss somebody's butt or or have to feel like I have to say the right things. I feel like I know certain conversations. I come in there with this and it's like, I, "Bro, I just don't care no more, bro, cuz I know what I'm about. I know I can sell it. I know I can sell. I'm not saying I'll be a bestseller, but there's somebody on your roster that I'm kicking his ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's on your roster yeah. that I'm running circles around. And this is what yeah. it is. If you want to, like, that's that's where I, my mindset comes to, bro. So when I'm talking to the young 20-something-year-old, it's like, yeah, well, what about your 40s? Like, I don't care. Like, why am I talking to you? Because I get yeah. your... There's So much that I could help you in so many different areas of the business that this area is just it's just sales. So one thing that I always talk to people about, and I just cut them off instantly if they answer this wrong, bro. But I'm like, what are my opportunities to work with marketing? What opportunities will I have to work with the executive team? What opportunities will I be able to create my personal brand and continue to do what I'm doing? What if I get somebody really big for the podcast that's our ideal customer profile? Will I be able to throw a logo on there? And will I be able to be compensated for it? Will I be able to do all these different things? Cause I ask them like yeah. once I hit quota, I get bored. We yeah. came from places where we were legal, marketing, demand gen, uh mm-hmm. sales. You you know the deal, bro. So like mm-hmm. if I do this one job, what else am I doing? It's, it's 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm yeah. yeah, No, that's right. That's you right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm bored now. And 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 then when I express that, articulate that to 20-something-year-old, they don't get that. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, Jab, what we really want you to do is focus on sales and this and the third and all this other stuff. I'm like, mm. I can do that. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there you go. But here's here's a big thing that I think is is staring us right in the face. And it is um, the belief that you and I both share that there should be be no difference between sales and marketing. They, they are part of the same funnel. Any, any division that you create between them is artificially imposed. That imaginary line is nothing but an imaginary line between yeah. that funnel and the sales funnel. It's no right. different. And, and, you know, people talk a big game where, you know, I asked that same thing. It's so funny. I asked the same thing. I go, you know, what's the relationship with marketing? um yeah. what kind of uh, support is there between sales and marketing yeah. uh, how often do they meet um
0: what resources you know, well it's
1: use? yeah well it's not great you know we'd love it to be back. like i don't know if i've ever had anybody go like oh great nobody can it's the one thing people can't lie about they're just like you know i mean there's always challenges with you know i'm like yeah, yeah. exactly 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 so um you know if i'm a good salesperson i see i believe that that means I'm a good marketer. And so part of my work shouldn't be busy work. It shouldn't be sending out another hundred sequences. It should be creating content and being supported to create content because salespeople talk to the customers and they can provide such useful information to marketing and marketing talks to potential customers that walk out of nowhere and become yeah. customers. And there's so much to learn on both sides of that. The fact that they're not in the same room, you know, being compensated on the same you know, uh, funnel it, is crazy to me, but it's a fundamental belief. And either you believe that that they're separate and that they should be siloed and you should pit them against each other, um, you're gonna believe that. If you believe that they should be one and the same, that everyone should be striving to unify those two, then you're in the other camp and i just i'm in i'm in the camp i'm in the ladder i i don't think there should be any difference so that means that anybody that gives you any kind of shit for um uh, wanting to create content uh after you've you know hit your quota or even before that or even at the beginning of the year or i don't care you know that that's the kind of busy work that has that bears fruit it's not just uh you know how many cold calls did you make yeah. um you know I, I I just, every time I hear that, even though, listen, I'm a, I'm a cold calling monster. Okay. I can do it. Um, and I've done it better than, than most, you know, at high volume. Right. But how many customers come from a cold call? I mean, really, I mean, really, if if somebody can answer that to me and, and really go with a straight face, go tons. Well, I want to work with you because that's not how it happens most of the time you know they, they people go well gosh you know you make enough calls you make a hundred calls you get a, a 99 no's. well on that one it's like well listen you know by the time I've made 10,000 calls uh, you know I I'm a mess right I, 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 you just can't do that nope. I mean, you can't you know um, there are always exceptions and I get that but man don't don't lie to me straight to my face you know cold nope. calls don't don't do it without a plan, without support, without technology. You got to have a power down. You got to have um, well-written scripts. You have yep. to have training. You have to have content that fits in every part of that buyer's journey. It fits different personas. You have to have all that in place. It can't. It can't just be a call where you pick up the phone, you found a number, you called the person, you sold the thing. That happens, but it doesn't happen operationally. You, and, and you
0: and so. can, and you, you can, but it's going to be instant gratification, and it's not going to be the ultimate deal, right? Like well, so, yeah, that's if, if you nurture it and get to the right problem. Like you can get to somebody on the cold call, but like, yeah, but okay. there's too much
1: luck involved in that. There's way too much, much
0: luck. way too much, yes. and then, and then even more so, you get one shot with a cold call. Yeah, that's what I don't like. You get one yes. shot. So, you've been, you didn't, you'd have made 50,000. I know you've been there, bro, where we just boom, nobody answered, boom, nobody answered, boom, nobody answered. Hey, John, oh, she, he answered, and now you're kind of nervous. You had, oh, yeah, and that first one messes up. So, now you're like, damn it, you messed that one up. You really needed that call, but really, with content, you always get the opportunity to continue and continue and continue, yeah, and man. you nurture that person. And then when they come into or actually come into your DM and say, I want to work with you, they're closed. They yeah. are closed. You don't need yeah. to do anything but be yourself, smiling, down. doubt. I've had conversations with prospects where literally all I do is like this. It's like <laughs> that, where I'm just sitting here talking and it's just like we want to work so much together and we know yeah. so much about each other already that I necessarily don't even have to do discovery. You're giving me all the information. Well, all I have to do is prepare properly like we normally would do in a sales conversation yeah. and take it from there. What I,
1: what I love about watching you sell and I've watched it many times is it's it's a phantom sale. I don't even, I don't ever see you sell it. No, I can't I don't ever see you sell it. I hate selling. Just, yeah, people just, people close themselves and that's it. I hate,
0: I, I, hate, selling it. I hate it. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't sold some, some terrible shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I did not sold some shit that was like, oh, then it was like, yeah. you know, you go home and you, you get the check, but you feel bad and it's like, oh and i don't yeah. like that feeling bro like i just want to be able to do good business for all those involved and then if you know your stuff you're not selling you're not convincing you i'm actually helping yeah. you that point. You're, and then, yeah and then especially if somebody comes into you because of your content you have an invested interest to make sure they're right because you don't know how many more you're going to get yeah so yeah. you know so that one person does walk in the door you, you're giving them red carpet service you're going to extra mile. Mm-hmm. you're talking to the executive team can we throw a little discount on the, you know what I mean? Can we do this? And how can yeah. we make sure that we make this sticky? And you do it and it makes the whole experience that much better because your name is riding on us. And if you don't close it, you're kind of a jerk. So like, you know what I mean? You, you messed up. So that yeah. that's what it is. So anybody listening, that's in sales right now. Why do you think all these companies are laying people off? Because they don't, the old methods aren't working. I don't care what they say, whether it's hiring, whether it's bad budgeting, it's because sales yeah. is performing the way they should be. Yeah. And way to do that, I don't understand how most of these big tech organizations they have marketing teams, right? But then the marketing teams aren't client facing. You got a hundred people in marketing, but they're not on the client calls. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything besides pumping out content. There's no yeah. real attribution with that. We're over here doing our own thing, and then you got SDRs pumping out emails, making a thousand dials, bro. Mm-hmm. And literally, the best sellers I know are the ones doing what we do. Yeah. Bro, I, I sold, I, I sold over a million at the spot, bro, the last spot. Didn't do anything. Anyway. I had clients and stuff like that, but it was just doing this, bro, and doing what I love to do. Just being on mm-hmm. conversation. Like, oh, man, you know, I did that. Oh, we could do this, and this is how you should do it. You should look at it from this metric. Oh, really? What? What's That's your content true. resources? What? You're doing it internally? Why are your goals this? And yeah. we would just go so deep, bro, to the point where yeah. clients are so grateful, and I learned so much, bro, but...
1: yeah,
0: guys, You know you what, too... It-
1: what drives me crazy is that, that there doesn't seem to be the same mindset around team. Um, you know, everyone, every department is looking at, you know, efficiency, analytics, KPIs, and, and, and all that. And the way that so many people look at sales is so antiquated. Like, you know, it, it, if I have a rubber stamp to be able to, you know, set up the tech stack for a company, a sales organization, a company, like, I'm getting gone. First of all,
0: shout out to Gong. Um, um. Yeah,
1: shout out to Gong. And that's not an endorsement, but but it is an endorsement. Like that that is technology, and you know their their thought leadership, their their white papers, their studies, is real data, right? And so you know um, it's it's when you see sales approached like another part of an organization, it's exciting because you know, gosh, if this if the mind frame around sales could change, it could be so exciting and dynamic. But yeah. you know, people think that they just need to buy a CRM, uh, they can buy a basic HubSpot, you know, um, and, and people will just use their phone, and they'll call and maybe they'll send some emails, and it'll be great. But it's like, you know, if you really are a data driven company, and you want to understand what a, a good sale looks like for your for your organization what reps did that that created closes and what they did do to to you know lengthen the sales cycle like all that stuff gotta have some tech man. you've got to and i Thank think it. you know companies like gong are are um a good sign if you're looking at a sales organization
0: yeah, no, no, also i was gonna say gong is a shit but i want to say they're slightly different because they're in a unique position because they have so much first party data that's what most Ooh. companies aren't going to have like so they analyze yeah. all the sales calls and they're getting all those pain points and when they're making those white paper reports all they got to oh, do yeah is it it. export it and take yeah, it out that's the great it. thing about it so like they're geniuses for that yeah. but they own that first yeah. party data but for those clients or yeah. brands that don't have first party data it's mm-hmm. doing what are, isn't being done in the industry look at yeah. your competitors and see what they're not doing right like me and you bro we were so disruptive even for our agency at the time because it's like you couldn't, you didn't see it. You yeah. didn't see a white guy and a black guy together. They were sitting, they had the synergy. We had the energy. We knew our stuff about marketing. We were talking about regular stuff. We didn't have to yeah. be so centered on, hey, this is our product. This is our product. This is our product. This is yeah. our product. And I hate yeah. to see, say it now, but like I even look back at the old show, it's like I look at it now. It's so product driven. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, it-
1: yeah, I, yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld or not. I think we maybe talked about this. You never really watched it, did you?
0: I not, not really. Okay. I'm gonna give you bits and pieces, but that wasn't really my thing. It
1: just reminds me that George in the show, it's like a show, Seinfeld's like a show about nothing. And in the show, there's a story around how they pitched the sale of, of Seinfeld's show to NBC, and George is like, it's got, it's about nothing and then you know the executives are like it's about nothing he's like it's nothing and Jerry's like well maybe it's about something and he's like no it's about nothing and i feel like we had that same kind of conviction when it came to like you know creating content where we were we really didn't want to be selling or be talking business 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 straight down the line it's this vertical it's this position it's these yeah. kind of subjects only you wanted it to be about whatever you thought was interesting, or that's or that's with whoever you thought was interesting, right? And that's and that's I think that that there's something to be said for that. That um, uh, you know is amazing. So that's a shout to you, man, because you've you've been one hundred percent dedicated to being yourself and being real the whole time.
0: And, and just talk, and just talking about stories, like for instance, bro, the very first episode of season two, bro, I had High Octane, who was my bro and one street ball legend, right? But I'll give you yeah. one more. Like, I had CEOs in that conversation commenting on the post, talking about, man, that took me down the memory lane. I remember the ESPN show and stuff like that. Now, guess what? You think I couldn't go in the DMs and have a conversation with them? Because we're experiencing that together. We're experiencing those stories. Now, if I was just strictly yeah. SEO or or whatever the case may be, and I'm talking about backlinks and how to acquire them, yeah. and I just happen to sell backlinks and acquisition, <laughs> like, come on, like, it's just yeah. so... You, you you narrow yourself down and the spaces are so small, you need to be able to get people where they are. And you need to interest people. We're all in the same game and the game is the intention. The attention is the currency. Yeah. And you can't yeah. sit there and do yeah. the same thing and think what you think is valuable for your organization is going to be valuable for everybody else. I tell people, man, you, you can put up a steak, medium rare on LinkedIn. There's somebody in a steakhouse is eating a medium rare steak right now that loves you more just a little bit. <laughs> or connect just a little bit because you put up that medium rare steak. So it's about connecting with people. And you only connect yeah. with people by having authentic experiences showing and going through things that you go through, having it look like yeah. your journey, bro. And I will tell you, man, we, we I know me and you're gonna get it going, bro, and get back on the ground, but man, this I ain't gonna lie, bro. This felt felt good. I didn't realize it was an hour, man. I have have to put up. I place, know, man. I know.
1: Oh, I keep thinking like all right, we're gonna we're probably gonna have to start talking, you know, uh, pretty soon and fill it out. And we got like 40 seconds left. It's amazing, bro. I, I mean, I love you, Jarrett. You're one of my best friends and dearest sort of, you're like a, a friend, a mentor, uh, okay. uh, uh, and all of these other things to me, man. So thank you. Likewise, thank you, man. bro, man.
0: Love you, man. Love you for free, brother. You yeah. know how we do, man, on, off camera. Yeah. It's an honor for you to be on the show, man. Like I said, man, I just want to thank you with everybody. Um, just thank you to your face, bro, because people need to hear this, man. You were a big inspiration for me, man. Cause like you said, it was hard to jump off the porch initially, man. And had you not been in there, had you not been like, yo, JT, yo, let's go get him. There was days I didn't want to do shit. There was days I didn't want to it was days I didn't want to record, bro. And then you had the energy. Yeah. And it was like, all right, let's do it, man. And then we just kept yeah. each other, you know, we held each other accountable, man. We kept pushing each other forward. So for that, man, I'm always gonna love you, bro, regardless of you know everything yeah. else, man. And we, we was gonna start our show. Rankable was going to be me and you, bro. That was like the thing, yeah. and to see what happened. Yeah. like And even you, I'll tell you this, bro. Like I don't think I'll ever tell. You, I, I, the reason I even kept going with that shit is for you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Obviously yeah. for sales and things like that. But we put so much into it. Yeah. I thought you know what I'm saying? That that yeah. if I that yeah. shit the it, it, Yeah,
1: it would it would have been all not, all for nothing if he hadn't kept it going. Kept yeah, it going. bro.
0: Yeah.
1: That's it what was, I felt. Man. We I had felt it like, all set up. We were ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I came podcasts. up with the name, I was like, this name, this is the name for the podcast. And, and like, it felt right. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then, you know, I, and I, I started, cut people, started cutting people and I was like, oh, well, you know, um, no, okay. we are full circle, man. Full circle.
0: Full circle, bro. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show, bro. And just keep going, man. Don't yeah. let anybody stop you, man. Just keep grinding. Okay. And you know I mean? Right. It's meant a lot to me, bro. So, you know, I love you, man. If anybody on, <laughs> yo, my boy, be love. Rich, I love you, broski. Appreciate you, man, for tuning in, man. Everybody, man, thank you for the support, the love, man. The show is growing. The subscribers are growing, man. And y'all keep me going, man, because it's hard as hell, man. It's hard as hell. And y'all keep me y'all keep me inspired. So much love, guys. And we're going to see you guys next week for another great episode. We got Lisa Hurley. And we're also um, rescheduling our episode with SL. We're filming that tomorrow, but we're not going live. And we got Paxton Baker, chairman of the Washington Nationals. We're going to hit him back next week. So we got two next week. And we're going to make it happen, y'all. You're a you beast, know. bro. I love you, man. My God, I love you for free, broski. So I'll see you guys for another week and see you, man. What you know about about me? it all, heard it all. Oh, what you know about me? I've done it all, just wanted it all.